Connecting sleep to sports isn't easy, but here goes. Mattress Firm is America's neighborhood mattress store, and it should be your goal to check out the deals they have going on every day. Their mattresses are softer than your rival team's defense. They get a 10 out of tennis. Get it? You'll love your new bed. All terrible dad jokes aside, head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast and get more bed for your buck. I did not write any of those jokes. All right, I want to talk to you guys about Mack Weldon. There's a lot of great things about Mack Weldon. They make incredible underwear and t-shirts. I'm wearing a Mack Weldon pair of boxer briefs right now. They're very comfortable. And I truly believe they're better than whatever you're wearing right now. Some of the great things about Mack Weldon, it's smart design. They use premium fabrics. And I think best of all, it's a very easy shopping experience. In addition to looking and feeling great, all of Mack Weldon's products are crafted with natural fibers that have built-in performance capabilities. That sounds fancy, but what it means is your underwear and sweats and shirts are going to work for you. They even have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. All that, and they're shipped right to your door. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it. They'll give you your money back. They won't ask any questions. They sent me a pair recently, which I've enjoyed using in and around my apartment. They're the most comfortable clothes that I've ever worn. I wear them to bed. When I get up early with my son in the morning, I'm usually wearing Mack Weldon. You go to MacWeldon.com. You get 20% off your purchase using the promo code JJ. Go to MacWeldon.com. Welcome to the J.J. Reddick Podcast, a place where I interview some of the biggest names in sports and culture, as well as give you an inside look at life in the NBA. Today on the show, soccer superstar Thierry Henry. So I used to always go back home thinking about what I missed. And when I didn't score or didn't assist or didn't play well, it was my fault that we lost. And if everyone had that mentality, then it's okay. I didn't want to know if they had it. Because sometimes, as you know, yeah. we're all in our bubbles sometimes, although we're a team. Yeah. But that was my thing. You know, I was always like, it's my fault. You know, if I miss a goal, 1v1 right. with the keeper, in my mind, the goalkeeper never made a great save. I missed the goal. Yeah. So I used to go like, no, if I execute my, my movement that I do usually well, he's not touching that ball. So it's my fault. I also talked with a soccer legend about his love of the NBA, why soccer players are more athletic than NBA players, and what we're getting wrong in youth development in basketball in America. Stay with us. All right, I have a great guest for you guys this week. It's soccer superstar Thierry Henry. Thierry is probably most famous for his time with Arsenal in the English Premier League. He is the all-time leading scorer for Arsenal. And I believe he is in the top five in career goals in the English Premier League. He's also very well known for his time on the French national team. He's currently retired. He's an analyst for the English Premier League, and he also is an assistant coach for the Belgian national soccer team. You know, I did not play soccer growing up. My dad introduced me to the sport. I have no idea why. When I was about five years old, I kicked the ball around with him a few times and said, I'd love to play on a team. 
it didn't go very well. I was the worst player on my team, and I quit after that first year and, and moved on to baseball and basketball. However, when I when I went to Duke, I ended up being buddies with the soccer guys. We had a lot in common, and I would go to all the games, and, and through them, I got introduced to the English Premier League. And for whatever reason, Arsenal was the team that I liked, and Thierry Henry was my favorite player. And partially, too, I mentioned this with my conversation with Thierry, but I think the introduction of FIFA for for Xbox and PlayStation is a large factor in the rise of popularity with soccer in America. It's just a great game. And I always loved playing with the French national team whenever the the World Cup version of the game would come out. As we were getting ready to pick guests for this week, knowing that I'd be in London, Thierry was at the top of my list. He happens to live over in West London and was going to be around this week. I reached out to him and he agreed to do the show. And I just, I'm so impressed by him. I'd never met him before. He is an absolute legend and his insight, mind, body, youth development, why certain players are great, all of it is just absolutely fascinating to me. Without further ado, let's get to my conversation with Thierry Henry. Thierry, thanks for doing this. I'm going to ask you about your NBA fandom because you've been a, an NBA fan for most of your life. Yeah, how, were you, how were you introduced to the game as a young kid in, in France? Well, first of all, thank you. And uh, it's an honor for me to be here too. Trust me, as I love the game. Listen, back in the days, you didn't have a lot of games on TV, as you can see now in Europe. You can see almost every game if you want, you know, with, with the NBA League Pass and whatnot. But at the time, you didn't have a lot of games. They were only showing the finals. And so at the time, the finals were the Celtics playing the Lakers. And I guess it was an amazing time for me to grow up with the Celtics playing the Lakers, Bird versus Magic Johnson. And so you find yourself in a situation where you're going to love the game. I mean, if you don't like the game watching Bird and Johnson, then you have a problem. And so that great rivalry that they had back in the days, they had it a bit after for, for two finals. And so that's the introduction of the game. And I think it's a great introduction if you have to watch those two play and those two franchises battle every single time to get a title. It's, it's just amazing. Then, as you know, the bad boys arrived and Michael arrived, Michael Jordan arrived, and then... He gave Houston a little chance to win too and and then and, and on, you know, Kobe and, and Shaq and so on and so on. And now my friend is in the game, Tony Parker, so I have to follow the Spurs, San Antonio Spurs. And that's where it all started. When you were watching the NBA growing up, was there a particular team that you followed? Or like a lot of people, I think, who are who are huge NBA fans, a lot of it is following certain players yeah, rather than certain teams. I think the loyalty to teams is yeah. a little bit different in the U.S. with with NBA fans. I think a lot of it is player-driven. So was there was there one or two guys that, that you really admired as, as players? A lot, in all fairness. I'm not going to name them all because I can go with uh, yeah. the likes of Isaiah Thomas, Carl Malone, and Stockton, and, and I, I'm going to name them all if I carry on. But Michael Jordan made me like the Bulls. And I'm sure I wasn't the only one. But it's interesting what you say, because in Europe, we wear the jerseys for style sometimes. I'm sure you will never get to the Celtic fan wearing a, a Lakers jersey. But I don't think that will happen and vice versa or whatever. You know, they, they don't like each other. They hate each other, actually. And But for me, even if I, you know, I suppose San Antonio, if I like a guy in the team, I can wear his jersey because I like the guy. You know, so as you said here in, in Europe, it's more because you like a guy more than the team. And Michael Jordan made me like the Bulls. Yeah, that's for sure. But you were just telling me earlier, not only liking a certain player, you're you're allowed to sort of wear the jersey. You called it a kit, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kit, but no, but, but even just the color scheme. Yeah, you guys growing up as the hip hop culture 
came across yeah. and, and started to influence Early. Uh, young kids in Europe, you guys would sort of take the colors yeah. that, that different hip-hop artists were wearing. Well, it happened in France earlier uh, than any other European country. I would say Germany wasn't far with France following the hip-hop culture. And so obviously, as you can see, the guys back in the days in the hip-hop culture, even now, it didn't change wearing uh, football jerseys, basketball jerseys, not so much hockey, but basketball jerseys and sometimes you can see a bit of baseball but most of the time it was football or basketball and so because you followed for example I used to listen to NWA and so everybody in France wanted the uh, Raiders jacket a starter jacket by the way not not any jacket a starter jacket yeah and just you just follow the color you follow you follow the the because at one point that the hip-hop culture was so big for us that obviously you want to wear what what those guys were wearing and, <laughs> right. and, and, and whatever. And I was following basketball. And so, you know, wearing a, a jersey in the street was kind of cool, especially if you had a Jordan one. You couldn't find him like you, you can find him now. But yes, like I said, we're not that... I mean, I'm not going to talk for everybody, by the way. Because, but I jumped to Bulls, to the Spurs, because Tony is playing there. If I see the, the jersey of Shaquille O'Neal, whatever, if it's a... Uh, magic one i'll get it or you know because i just like the game I'm, I'm not offended i don't think anyone is that you sort of just dissed hockey by the way <laughs> because tommy you guys don't have a hockey podcast right it's like the only sport yeah. that the ringer doesn't have it's a, a, it's, a it's a kind it's of a very a niche large thing. it's a very uh, niche thing yeah but it's interesting so soccer in america mm. uh football of course here has risen in popularity and i'm thinking as you're as you're talking about this like you know when i was growing up to be able to watch like a Premier League game, you had to be a serious junkie. I mean, you had to go at six in the morning, yes. find some random bar to be able to watch it. And now, similar to League Pass with the NBA, mm -hmm. the sport is available everywhere, and it's certainly risen in popularity. One of the things that I always bring up whenever I talk about sort of the, the team aspect of the NBA and basketball specifically is the similarities, I think, between soccer and basketball. And really the two sports, I think, overlap in a lot of ways. I always say that I think basketball is the greatest combination for a sport of both athleticism and skill. And if there is a, a second, it would be soccer. It would be football. You put it second, I put it first. Put it first, I'll tell you why I put it first. <laughs> I'm, no, this, this is no, what I want to ask you. It's a, I'll tell you why I put it first, because we dribble with our feet. Yeah. And to lose your balance while you're dribbling with your feet at a higher speed, when people are pushing you, you can easily lose your balance. To cross you over, I can't do it, by the way. I can see it. But to cross you over, over, over with, the ball, with the ball in your hand, yeah. it's easier to cross you over with the ball in your feet. For you? Well, I think it is easier. If you take me, I don't think I will go as fast as you, but I will have a certain speed. I can dribble the ball back and forth to the court. On the court, back yeah, and forth. With your hand. If yeah. I ask you to go full speed with your feet, you will go like that. Yeah. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The balance that you need to have to combine really bottom yeah. and top at the same time. By the way, because it's allowed in football, soccer, as you call it, to be pulled and grabbed. And so while I'm running, if you pull me, I'm, I'm doing this, but I still need to... You need to be able to control the ball. So, yeah. But at that particular moment, what helps you to keep your balance is your two feet. But if the ball is at one of your, you know, close to one of your foot, mm -hmm. you only have only one foot to stand on full speed 
So the other day, Daniel Medina, he's he's our uh, head of sports medicine with the 76ers. Uh, Do you know Danny, Daniel? Danny, that was my doctor at Barcelona. Okay, yeah, so you know Daniel. So I didn't know that Danny. he was there when you were there. Uh, <laughs> yes, Danny. Yeah, so Daniel... He played uh, basketball, by the way. He did it. All, he, he never told you. I don't I don't know. Well, I know they, they play pickup. The staff plays pickup. He can pick play. Okay. By the way, not at your level, you guys, but that's his sport since, uh, okay. since he was young. All right. He doesn't talk about basketball as much. We always talk about soccer. I, I can, talk about can play. soccer, football with him. Anyway. So one of the things he said to me, he actually said this to me like two days ago because we were having this discussion and I was asking him about his experience with Barcelona. And he had something really interesting to say. And it kind of echoes what you were saying in that, you know, biologically humans to survive, we've, we've learned how to sort of use our hands mm-hmm. to grab things, mm-hmm. to push things, to hold things. Mm-hmm. And it's second nature to then go play a sport that requires us to use our hands. Mm-hmm. And you're almost at an inherent disadvantage by playing a sport. There's a biological disconnect between your brain yes. and your feet. It doesn't work in the same way that your body's trained to use your hands. That's what I'm, I was trying to explain to yeah. you. And that's why I would put it first. It's like, if you bring in also, I had a discussion with a friend of mine who also plays in the NFL. And I said to him, when a quarterback throws that ball 70 yard or whatever it is in the, in the end of the guy and great catch and, and, don't get me wrong, it is amazing. Mm-hmm. But when a football player, soccer player, as you call it, ping the ball from 70 yards, it's the same thing. You do that with your foot. And by the way, when you catch it, you're catching it with your foot while you're running. Right. It's way more difficult than if you catch it with your hand. Your two feet are still almost on the ground, apart if you jump. But if you go with your leg, mm-hmm. you're standing on one, sometimes on none, and you need to go back and reception yourself and make sure you don't lose the control of the ball with your feet. Because after I'm not running with it. Right. Do you understand what I mean? So is there a define like in terms of athleticism, you brought up the word balance, besides maybe balance, but in terms of athleticism, is there a defining characteristic, not skill, but athleticism, a defining characteristic of great soccer players? That they're able to do something athletically that other people can't do. Uh, other people, I don't know, but in certain sports, if we talk about our sports, is the stamina. Okay. Stamina going up and down for one time 45 and another time 45. And uh, average guys do 11K in the game. Mm-hmm. Midfielders will be almost at the same speed. Striker will be almost doing that in sprints because you, you accelerate, decelerate, accelerate, decelerate for the whole game. And you don't t- touch the ball often sometimes. So the game continues. That's why it becomes very difficult. And rugby, it's another level, mm-hmm. even because then you... Of stamina, you because can, there's the physical there's no There's yeah. no stop. There's no like defensive yeah. squad coming on and offensive squad coming on. You're there. And when, yeah. when you go down, you need to get up. No one is coming on for you. In rugby, I'm talking about. Um, yeah, that. Stamina. Because it, it is. Uh, I'm always going to be biased because it's my sport. But you need to have that. And I'm close to Tony. And sometimes it brings me to the training facilities. And, and I know during the season, you cannot train during the season. Because the amount of game that you guys have is, is, is crazy. For example, you, you can never do a back-to-back game in football. It's impossible. It's humanly right, not right. possible. Yes. I can do it, but my second game will be <laughs> shocking. Yeah. And so it will, you will, you, will, you can't yeah. perform. So yeah. every three days, then you can. But back-to-back, it's impossible. Right. That tells you already the demand of the game. I'm not saying it's easy to play basketball. That's not what I'm saying at all. But the stamina is key. I'll go back to the San Antonio story. And I saw one day in preseason, one training session. And I looked at him and I said, that, that's all you're doing, guys? Just, <laughs> that's all you're doing. <laughs> it's preseason. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just, uh, you know. I was like, wow. I get also that the court yeah. is way smaller and, yeah. and, and, and stuff like that. But I would say that the stamina. And then, and if you go into skills, for me, the brain is always a difference between 
between mm-hmm. a guy that's going to make yeah. it or not. Yeah. You know, I, I don't care no what, whatever skill you have. If your brain is not in place and you're not to be able to, if you can't see what's, what you need to see and obviously you have the skill to execute it, that we all know that. But the difference for me between the OK player and a great player is that the OK player can make those passes in training because there is no pressure. No clock, no pressure, no fans screaming. Game, two minutes before the end, panics. Yeah. It's not a matter of skill. Yeah. It's a matter of seeing. Anyone can bounce, not in, at your level, when I say not, not me, yeah. I'm saying at your level. Anyone can see the run and bounce the ball. But a great player, 10 seconds on the clock or 20 seconds on the clock, will see that moment in those moments and will still make that pass or, or make the right call. Yeah. That's a difference. Obviously, if you compare the, the LeBron James and all those guys, they can do... I, I totally agree with what you're saying in terms of the brain being the great separator, I think. I think athletically, there's outliers on either side. Probably we all fit within a certain margin. Mm. And then it's it's the mental toughness or the the vision, whatever it may be. It's, <clears throat> it's the brain that kind of separates it. We'll continue with Kerry Henry in a minute, but a quick break to hear from the ringer's Bill Simmons. Hey, it's Bill Simmons. The NFL playoffs are in full swing, and the Ringer NFL Show has you covered for all your pro football needs. Sunday night, get Michael Lombardi and Tate Frazier's rapid reactions on GM Street. On Tuesdays, the Ringer NFL Show with Robert Mays, Kevin Clark, and regular guest Danny Kelly break down all the biggest angles on Wednesday. GM Street again on Thursdays. Clark, Mays, and Danny are back at it again. And on Friday... GM Street's Friday Focus gives you all the insight you need for gambling, fantasy, and everything else. Don't forget about my podcast, too, on Mondays. The BS Podcast, Cousin Sal and I playing Guest the Lions. More importantly, the Ringer NFL Show. Subscribe right now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with Terry Henry. I want to go back to your stamina thing, just for comparison purposes. I'm not great with uh, the conversion, but 11 kilos is... 11 kilometers will be... Eight, eight, eight. Eight, eight miles. Seven, seven something. Yeah, okay, seven, seven or eight seven. miles. Yeah. Okay. No, so, so, seven, seven. So, okay, so we have the, the tracking in all the arenas now that shows how much each player runs. I think the top runner in the NBA, I think, is CJ McCollum, and he, uh, he, he averages 2.78 miles per mm-hmm. game. I think I'm somewhere like top 15. I'm, I'm around two and a half miles average per game. So that's a, I understand what you're saying. Like you can't, you can't play a back to back in soccer. I mean, the, the load is, is completely different. However, I, this is the, what I want. You played striker. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a huge soccer guy, but mm-hmm. you were able to sort of pace yourself a little bit. It would be short bursts, right? Yeah. There was an article that was sent to me about Lionel Messi when he had three goals against Real Madrid, where he he walked, I think, 83% yeah. of the game. And so there's a little bit of pacing yourself at certain positions, right? You have to, because yeah. if not, you die. <laughs> no, because, yeah. Yeah. okay, I'll give you an example. You know when, that when you sprint, nothing beats a sprint in terms of what it demands to your body. Right. When you sprint, you, you, right. you're going to recover way more than if you go at a, at a certain pace. And so Lionel Messi, when he gets the ball, most of the time he goes. When he has on, he goes. So obviously, if he, if he carries on running when he's not on the ball, he needs to be clever, you know, kind of recover, don't run everywhere, and also know, you need to know when you need to kill. Those are the things that you're not going to run everywhere like a lunatic right. for no reason. But those runs needs to, be, needs to be efficient. I had a game where I had 99 sprints in the game. So 99 sprints, I think I had 40 in between 0 to 5. Explosion, not proper sprint. 0 to 5, I think I had 
20, 0 to 10, I think I had the end the race, 0 to 30, 0 to, to 40. If you take a send ball at the end of 100, and I know it's 100, he cannot talk after doing the interview. And that's him running and relaxing after the lap of honor. And when he comes to talk to you, he's like, yeah. Uh, and so in football, I'm not I'm going to be biased, obviously, but yeah. if you play as a winger, for example, I, play, I played as a winger. When yeah. you play as a winger, okay, I give, you, I, I give you a moment of the game. So the field is like, is uh, 100, yeah, 100, it depends on the field, sometimes on the side. So your team has the ball. You need to make a run, a sprint. So you make a sprint, they lose it. The right back goes the other way. You have to go with him. Go. And you still didn't touch the ball, by the way. They're playing. Yeah. You get the ball back. You need to go back again because it's that's the game. You need to make And then you do that, right? Maybe sometime it can be it can be for one and a half minutes. It doesn't look long, but you you're going up and down. Okay. And at, at that moment they give you the ball. Now dribble past the guy. You know, and then what you hear in the, or what you hear in the sun and what people will do, like, oh my God, he cannot cross the ball well. But because you're <laughs> focusing on the ball, yeah, you're not seeing the runs of those guys. So when those, that guy gets the ball and he finally dribbles past the guy and the guy is pushing him while he's crossing the ball and the ball goes behind, you hear the whole sudden way like, oh, he can't cross the ball. Same with you. They don't appreciate you trying to find a spot to shoot your three. Sure. If you miss it, they, they don't see that you went behind the screen and whatever you missed it they don't care about you going behind the screen right. and and right now that's all you can push on your leg is the end of the game you had yeah. a back-to-back yesterday you were on the plane they don't care about that that's why sometimes at one point little messi is clever yeah he, he kills you when he has to kill you it's a good way to put do, it do, do you understand what i mean i think too as, as you gain experience you figure yeah. out the rhythm yeah. and you figure out there's a rhythm i think to soccer there's a rhythm to the nba basketball where once you figure it out, you pick and choose your spots to exert that energy. Listen, I'm sure when you arrive in the league, you wanted to destroy everything and running everywhere. And sometimes oh, yeah. you look at the time, you're like, five minutes only? I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then sure. after, at one point, I, I don't know when for you, but at one point, it seems like the, go- the game pauses. Slows down. Yeah, you have a pause. Everything down. is a slow motion. Because yeah. you see everything. You, yeah. you know, you've been in the league for a very long time. You know that guy also. You know the team. You know the system. And you know all of this. But... The difference is when you reach the level of you, you see everyone in slow motion. Yeah, it's the brain-body connection. Yeah, it is. It is, and and for me, it's the brain. I always say, when I arrived in the, in the US and I played in the MLS, I didn't know the league because the games were not on TV. Not because I, I didn't want to know the league; it's just because I didn't know yeah. it. So I arrived there. Obviously, we were playing teams, and you ask around, "Oh, who is good in that team?" And they're like, uh, "What about the player? Or the name of the player was? Oh, he's athletic." And I used to look at the guy and say, uh, uh, what do you mean he's athletic? Yeah, he's so big, strong, he runs fast, he jumps high. Uh, can he play football? Oh, yeah, that too. Well, don't you put that first? Athletic, he's strong. No, no, no. It's, it's about you and what you do with that. But ultimately, i never seen your muscles sending a message to your brain. Yeah. You know, and, and it's always here, the, let's go in the gym to make you bigger. Let's go and put some cones on the ground to make you faster. Let's go and work on your shoot. To ma- I never heard a coach saying, I'm going to make you brighter. I want to make, I'm going to make you smarter. So, so then I have a question for you. Because mm-hmm. well, one of my questions was which NBA players would be elite soccer players. But it sounds like your answer to that would be for me, one of not the, who I would think it would be. For me, no, no. Because when I look at LeBron James, yeah. I see his cleverness. I don't see his athleticism. Yeah, for me. That's great. To me, he's like one of the smartest players ever. But, but Every time That's, I hear, yeah. is oh my god, he's, yeah. he's, oh, look at his shoulders, look <laughs> at this. I've seen a lot of players in the NBA having the same shoulders. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they were the best. And for me, what makes a difference with me when I see him is he's, he's clever. 
he does what the game always asks him to do. Yeah. If he has to post, he posts. If he has to pass, he passes. If he has to, sometimes he almost does it a bit too much when when you look at him. You're like, hey, yeah. you can go, but it seems like it's too difficult for him to not do what the game is asking him to do. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I think some of it with him too is he he he's calculating. He doesn't just choose all of a sudden to. I'm going to pass this first quarter. There's a reason he's doing it. He feels everything. That's what I'm saying. And, yeah. and the brain is very powerful. And sometimes to battle your own brain is almost impossible. And so for me, yes, it is LeBron James and whoever, Steph Curry or yeah. Kevin Durant, but because they're clever. So for a basketball player and, and for anybody who's a basketball fan, like we, we can envision a guy like working himself into top form. You know, he goes to the gym. You, you said you, you go to the gym, you, you do some cone drills, you work on your ball handling, you know, you go, you shoot 300 shots, you work on your floaters, you go to the weight room, you do your thing, you work with your trainer, you try to get more explosive, blah, 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 blah. What does that look like for a soccer player? I'll have to say, I would have to say, I got fortunate because I had good coaches yeah. early doors. And so, I'm going to tell you something now that I'm not going to take the credit for it because I had a good education. So I, yeah. I can only say thanks to the coaches that I had back in the days. But for me, if we talk about, to some youngsters right now, I think it's always good if you challenge your coach, but challenge your coach to develop your brain and see before. See, if you see before, it doesn't matter who you're playing against, he's dead. It doesn't <laughs> matter if he's, if he's stronger, faster, whatever. I believe that anyone can play in any league in, in any way, if you're small, not small. I always think that people block themselves alone with their own brain. So because there is no limit if you open it. And so I had a coach, I'll give you an example. I had a coach, Brazilian coach. When I was young, I was fast. I always had that. Uh, that's the only thing I had, by the way. I was fast. Forget about the rest. We say here in England, I mean, I'm not English, but rubbish. <laughs> really bad. The rest, you know, I was fast. So I knew that I can give you a, a 10-meter start, done. I'll see you on the other side. I'll beat you. No problem. But what it does when you do that is you forget how to move properly. You don't bend your run the, the same way. Because suddenly you're going to play in 10 years against a guy that's as fast as you. And now what do you do now? You're dead. Can't move. Can't do anything. And that's why I always say that coaches sometimes take advantage of the talent of one guy and don't want to coach the guy or open his brain. So my coach always used to say, we had a coach that today, guys, you cannot tackle. I don't want to see any tackle, any physical thing. So what he wanted to do is he don't want us to push someone out of the way. Suddenly you cannot use your physical impact or your speed. Now you need to intercept the ball before then. You need to read the pass. You need to smell the game, read the game, be ahead of the guy, put your body in, ba in basketball, for example, go ahead of the guy, try to force him to make a foul. And, and you start to think differently because suddenly... If you're big and strong and you know you're going to move someone out of the way, you just move him out of the way. But now suddenly, because you, we couldn't push, use our speed, and we had to think, suddenly your body position does change. Then you develop that and you keep your attributes. You're strong, you're fast, you're this and that. Same, we play the game, he said the same thing. I don't want to see any back pass. No back pass. So suddenly, instead of receiving the ball square, facing you, for example, if you attack here, I go in an angle, position my shoulders like this, so I see three quarter of the game. So then, therefore, by doing that, I can already see if he comes to attack me or not, if I can play one touch, get the ball back after or not. But if I stay like this, yeah, because you're strong, you know you're strong, so you're going to get the ball, block the guy, turn him and go. But one day you will not block that guy. So I think it's better to see who's coming. Is he coming? No, he's not coming. I turn. He's coming. I play one touch. Or I pop it to you. You pop it to the third man and I go and get it. But if you don't see, you're dead. And those skills are not because you're strong. But if you're fast here, strong here, 
and obviously smart. Then you're ahead of all those guys. And I, I give you the name of a player, Andres Iniesta. I don't know if you know him. He plays for Andres Iniesta. Yeah. He plays for Barcelona. If you see him walk here, you're like, sorry, we, we're doing an interview. You, you wouldn't even know. Like, give him a ball. He's small, not really fast, not really strong, not really. But if you give him the ball, you're not touching that ball yeah. because he never allows you to grab him. He always keeps his distances. It's all about, it's all about his brain. It's all about what he sees before. He sees a picture before. And if he turns, he sees another picture. And if he sees, he turns again and he sees another picture, he can adapt to what he sees there and then or before. I think for me, it's all those things that, that you need to ask your coach to talk to you about because we always want to shoot better and you have to do that. You want to get stronger, you have to do that. If you're a center, you got to get stronger because are you going to push Shaquille O'Neal when he was in league? Are you going to do that? But you can outsmart him. Well, as you want, I saw that. Oh, yeah. You know, the dream shake and whatever it is. And But I also say to the youngsters sometimes, don't wait on your coach to tell you, which, by the way, he should be doing, right? Yeah. That's his job. But I always say, I got a minute. Why don't you go knock on the door? Why? Uh, I don't understand. How can I be smarter? You know, I want to understand the game better. You know, I get bullied. People say I'm too small. Uh, yeah, he's too small. No, no what, what is it supposed to mean too small or whatever? But I always say to the guys, to the youngsters, go and challenge your coach in a good way, by the way, for the good of the game, for the good of your education. Go and challenge your coach because, because it's so easy to sit and say, oh, my coach didn't coach me. Next generation, as you know, in four years or three years or two, he's going to have a new crew. Then it doesn't really matter. All right, we have more with Thierry, but first, a word from today's sponsors. Back to Mattress Firm. Let's keep the ball rolling, shall we? The base for my argument is simple. Your bed budget can go further when you're shopping at America's neighborhood mattress store. It's a true home run and you'll have a ball. They're the head coaches when it comes to mattress expertise, but know this, they are more than mattress experts. They have a game plan that helps you transform your mattress into a bed, from adjustable bases and sheets to headboards and bedroom decor. They have you literally and figuratively covered up like your favorite cornerback. So go to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to see what deals are happening as I read this sentence to you. They even offer you a 120-night sleep trial to ensure perfection and a 120-night low-price guarantee so you know you paid the perfect price. Talk about a one-two punch, a knockout, if you will. Score big with a perfect bed. Head to mattressfirm.com slash podcast to get the play-by-play on how you can monumentally improve your sleep today, tonight, and tomorrow. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're catching your favorite musician on tour, shopping for the perfect gift, or searching for a last-minute deal to see your favorite NBA team, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I have the SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. I can be anywhere, and with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. I actually just used SeatGeek to buy tickets to a Broadway show the other day. SeatGeek is designed to make your ticket buying experience easier than ever. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals. And to get you the most bang for your buck, SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. Best of all, my listeners get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code JJ today. 
That's promo code JJ for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, right seat, right now, right from your phone. And now back to Thierry Henry. Listening to you talk about this, I keep thinking to myself about AAU basketball. Are you familiar at all with AAU basketball? No. It's youth basketball in America. You play on traveling teams when you're in high school. So when you're, you know, eighth, ninth grade, you start playing in sort of older groups. And, you know, you spend basically the entire summer and and most of the spring and a little bit of the fall traveling around the country, sometimes the world, and you're playing against other elite players. But you're not learning the nuances of the game. I like what AAU represents. I had a great experience playing AAU, but the nuances of the game, the thinking of the game is something that's missing. And hearing you say this, I'm realizing that, you know, I think we're in grassroots basketball. We're doing a disservice to kids because we're not we're not teaching them how to play the right way. What they're doing is exactly what you're saying we shouldn't be doing, and that's they're relying on their their sort of physical ability. And at some point, they get to a time where they're playing against either college players or NBA players, and we all have the same sort of physical ability. Now, what skills have you learned? What nuances? What tricks have you learned? How much can you think the game? And that's, man, we need to do a better job of that. And that's why I always say, you know, when I went there, I was shocked with the answer of, like I said to you, is athletic. And I was like, what is that supposed to mean? Well, I think it's ingrained in how we speak about athletes in America. It's not just soccer. That's how we talk. That's, yeah. how, we, that's how we talk. And for me, as I said to you, LeBron James is good because he's smart. And yes, yeah. the rest, we know that. But if you go to what you just said, you know, about the education, and you also have to understand that nowadays we live in a, in a world where the new generation and, and the coaches have to deal with something different also, you know. You know, guys have it easier, guys have it uh, yeah. earlier. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to show anything. You're already someone. You can become Twitter, Instagram famous yeah. at 14. Which is, I don't agree. Yeah. For me, you have to pay your dues and whatnot. But you still can create an environment or sure. a code within your team or within your camp yeah. that people need to respect when they come here. If I said to you and, and people don't know, it's, it's more difficult in, in football because there's not such a thing as a system. There's not such a thing as come, we're going to draw this and do it. And football is up until the last third, you can plan something and how to play. And then the last third is instinct. Is what you did before that will open up stuff and then, and then it's you and your brain. Right. Do you understand what I mean? And so yeah. I go back to that coach. He used to tell us, today we can only score on the cross. The opposition didn't know, but we knew we had to score on the cross. And so that implicates a lot. There is a cross, you need to make the box. There is a cross, you need to occupy the first post, second post, penalty spot. The other team didn't know that. Which is, it's like if I said to you, you know, you don't have system and, and you, like you said, your team, we have to score on the three. That's it, guys, let's go. I would score. love that. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Or you need to, you need, you know, yeah. a, a floater. Yeah. They don't know, but it's got to have to be a floater on that. But with no system. Yeah. And so now you guys work it out yeah. at a young age. Yeah. Instead of telling you, and, and it's, don't get me wrong, it's important in basketball to have the coach during this. But I'm saying to you, if you're five, six, seven, eight, and I said to you, guys, I don't care. I want to lay up. It's on you. And so, you know, you kind of have to work it out yourself. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? It's a different approach, a different education. Because winning in college for you is so important. It's very important. Sure. It's March Madness and, and, and you look at the, in, in football and whatnot. You forget the true thing, developing players. The most important, important thing, developing players. And I'm going to mention Coach K yeah. because I know, obviously, you had him. That's why he's special because he won and he developed players. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the only one. It's not true, but not a lot of guys do think like that. Not a lot of guys think 
I'm going to make that guy better for the NBA. I always say that Coach K, his greatest strength is his adaptability. He doesn't have a system. He says, who's on my team? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make this team good based on my personnel, and I'm going to let them figure it out so that he, way. He, so he and, gives and you so a- guys play, learn to play instinctually instead of playing in this box where they're, they're confined to things. I got like two more questions I want to ask you real quick. I want to ask you about being a goal scorer. Okay. I, if I mess up your stats, forgive me. Doesn't please matter. correct me. So I, I believe you're top five Premier League all time. Is that right? I think so, yes. Okay. All time leading score for Arsenal? Yes. All time leading score for the French national team? Yes. Okay. So you've scored a lot of goals. All right. So I'm relating this back to being a shooter and that sort of task, if you will, of, why you, of putting the ball in the basket. And I have said this before, but I always feel like it's a little bit of a burden in the expectation and sort of the because so much of basketball it's a crapshoot sometimes i can do the alchemy can be perfect i can do my pregame shooting my post shoot around shooting i can get my sleep i can Mm. eat the same thing i can do all that stuff and i go three for 12. there's a burden that's inherent i think to being a shooter and i'm wondering if you ever felt that being a goal scorer not just a goal scorer but just an offensive creator yeah i prefer that for me, the most important thing in the game is your goals involvement. Yeah. So when you talk about goal even, goals involvement, you talk about goals and you talk about assists. I'm more happy in my career with the assists that I've made than the goals. My people love to concentrate on my goals. Yeah. Because, you know, I was known for that. It's like if you suddenly score a lot of threes, but every time you, you have like 10 or 11 assists. Yeah. But you're known for your threes, so sure. people concentrate on that. And so, like I said, I always, you know, focus more on my assist or more happy, sorry, on my assist and my goal is kind of weird, but it is where it is. And to go back to the burden, something helped me early. You know, you lose, it's you. I don't think that was right. If you lose, it's because you didn't score, period. Even if you didn't play well, even if you're not the worst player on the field, it's your fault. And also when you win, it's you, which also I don't agree with because it's a team sport, but you learn that early and, and you get slapped both ways, whatever it is. But I learned how to deal with that with my dad. I tell you why, because my dad was the hardest guy to please. So once I dealt with my dad and I put a smile on his face, the rest was just, I won't say a joke, because you do arrive at the game knowing that you need to perform and you know that. But for me, the hardest thing or the burden that I had is when I, I was young, looking at my dad, I'm like, oh, the guy is still not smiling. What am I doing wrong? <laughs> I'm looking, he's still not smiling. When I put a smile on his face, everything became easier in bracket, because it wasn't that easy, as you know. But that's how it was. You, you know what? I embraced it also. Yeah. And that's why when I was a player, I never used to drink. I started to drink a bit when uh, I stopped my career. Because for me, some of the guys were going out, and that was my answer after games all the time. Hey, if we lose on Tuesday, it's me, the back page that didn't perform. So do you, I do me. No disrespect, I like you and everything. But I'm sure you like me better if I play well on, on Tuesday. So going home going home because I know if we don't win on Tuesday, it's me the problem. So I was trying to avoid that. But yeah. you, you kind of, uh, yeah, embrace it in a way, if I can say that as much as embracing that. But uh, yes, it was uh, it was great because you find out about yourself also. You know, I like challenges. So, you know, you find out about yourself. You know, when you, you arrive in a dressing room and people look at you, you know, and you're like, you're in your mood, you listen to your music, but you know that you have to perform because it's expected. Yeah. Not everyone embraces that, though, that responsibility that you speak of. Not everyone does, even the great players. Some of them don't embrace that and aren't willing to say, like, if we lose, it's on me. That's that's rare. Listen, JJ, can I call you JJ? Yeah. I always used to go back home and think about what I missed. Yeah. You know, because what was done was done. 
How can I do it better? Can I be better? I've done it. So I used to always go back home thinking about what I missed. And when I didn't score or didn't assist or didn't play well, it was my fault that we lost. And if everyone had that mentality, then it's okay. I didn't want to know if they had it. Because sometimes, as you know, yeah. we're all in our bubbles sometimes, although we're a team. Yeah. But that was my thing. You know, I was always like, it's my fault. You know, if I miss a goal, 1v1 right. with the keeper, in my mind, the goalkeeper never made a great save. I missed the goal. Yeah. So I used to go like, no, if I execute my movement that I do usually well, he's not touching that ball. So it's my fault. So that always used to make me work even more the day after on my finishing. Instead of saying, you know what, that was a hell of a finish, but the goalkeeper saved it. Right. Then I go, no, 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 no. There's a way to counter. Yeah, because yeah. it's, it, listen, my thing was always, it's always your fault. Yeah. I'm going to warn everyone in the room right now, this might get a little weird. Okay. But I want to ask you about goals, like the feeling of goals. So I, when I was in college, I think it was my junior year, I was a culture anthropology minor, and one of my culture anthropology classes was about sports and, and culture. We covered a bunch of different topics. My professor was a big football, soccer fan, whatever. He had us read this passage in this book about soccer and just in other cultures. And basically, the, the essence of it was is that, you know, the passing in soccer is the foreplay. The crowd, as they're chanting, is part of the foreplay. And that moment when a goal is scored is is the climax. It's the orgasm, if you will. That's a nice way to put it. Well, for me, it's why I'm addicted to basketball. Because every time I see the ball go through the net, it's a dopamine hit, but it's, it's, it's a little mini orgasm. I mean, it is. And I'm wondering that feeling that you get, that, that whether it's feeding off your teammates or the crowd, whatever it may be, because it happens once a game or twice a game or three times a game. It's not 84 to 82. It's not 108 to 106. It's kind of a weird one because without the crowd coming, as you said, and you making that pass, that guy would not score. Yeah. We all know that. So it's a evolution of stuff that makes it amazing. Good. Yeah. That makes it amazing. And when you score, it's, it's, it's more than an explosion. It's just uh, uncontrollable sometimes. And whatever you think at that moment will come out. The joy. Whatever. I can be something else. Yeah. With me, sometimes I used to get up. People used to say I never used to celebrate my goals because in my mind, I was thinking about what I missed before. So in my mind, I was like, how can I score this one? And I missed it. So my mind was upset on what I missed before when I scored a more difficult goal than what I missed. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Yeah, I do understand what you mean. But there were moments in your career where you let out. Like the, I'm thinking of the... Uh, the game against Tottenham, you let emotion. Yeah, but you ran across the field. Yeah, but that's exactly and what taunted I said to their you. crowd essentially. But it is, it is what I had in my mind at that moment. Yeah, I just wanted to let them know this is our field. We're winning, and I wanted to celebrate in front yeah. of them. Like the comeback goal when I came back to play for Arsenal, uh, and, and I scored that yeah. goal, and uh, you could see that raw joy. And I, I didn't know what to do with myself. Look at the sky. And whenever I scored a goal, it was always, you know, it's difficult to explain what happened. Yeah. It's what I had in my mind came out at that moment because you can't control it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. But when you see me, when I used to play, giving a goal, I was always joy. When you got an assist. Yeah, because I'm, I'm not going to go into the way you explain it and, uh, and, 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 and your way with your, with your teacher. This is my professor, not me. Just yeah, so no. <laughs> but it was, but, but you, to make someone happy, there's nothing better than that. Sure. And that's why for me, we tend to forget that this is a collective sport. Yeah, we always go down with the this that. Oh my God, how many uh, points and how many this? But for me, nothing beats a pass. Yeah, no pass, no gain. Do you understand what I mean? And and the way the ball moves sometimes is as beautiful as uh, for me as a guy that drives alone or a guy that dribbles alone. Yeah, 
playing proper basketball, playing proper football, and, and you give, you know when you give someone something? Sure. And you can see their joy after. That beats yeah. your joy. Well, mine. Yeah. No, to bring it full circle, we talked about at the very beginning just about the similarities between the two sports. And I, I think that's why people love watching the Spurs so much is because it's such a team concept and the way the ball moves and – there is that anticipation, like, oh, they're gonna, oh, they're gonna make another pass. Oh, they're gonna make another pass. Oh, they have a wide open corner three. Patty Mills, bang. You know what I mean? There's that joy in sharing, and you're right. So much of what, whatever you want to call it, but we tend to forget sometimes that these are team sports. We've glamorized the individual a little bit. I spoke to a friend of mine the other day. All right, when you watch an ad, first and foremost, always that concept of in basketball it will be obviously on the court four plus one. You know, in football, 10 plus one plus the guy that makes you win and blah, blah, blah. You watch an ad, any brand, it's always you finish on the shot at the buzzer. Whenever I watch a, a basketball ad, and yeah. football, it's always comes out from the back and, and you see the, the, the goal scorer scoring the goal and, cel- and celebrate. You never see the other way around, the ad going. If you start with the celebration and you go back, you know, if you do an ad and you go back into how it happened, then your kid watching it will go like, oh, yeah, that's, that's how you score a goal. What I'm saying is usually you see the cross and the header celebration shot at the buzzer. What I want to see is the celebration starts and you go back to how you score the goal because the guy that makes the pass is also important. The guy that put his face on the line to serve the goal that's there when the guy scored after is also important. The guy that the vision to make that pass for the guy that crosses the ball is also important. But those guys are not in the ad usually. Yeah. It's always the guy, you know, he's that guy. And I understand you need to sell what you need to sell, and it is what it is. You're obviously going to sell more if you put LeBron James than maybe someone else. But we also need to be careful because we educate yeah. kids also sure. along the way. And how many LeBron James have we seen? Do you understand what I mean? How many LeBron James have we seen? I think that's what it is, though. It's the connectivity of the sport, our, our respective sports, that ultimately is what I, I love about playing basketball. It's not just the lonely pursuit of shooting. It's the connectivity that I get with my teammates and coaches. And when the game is played in a beautiful way, there's no feeling like it. There's absolutely no feeling. The joy that you said, it's perfect. I appreciate the time. You're awesome. Thank you. This has been great. That's it for the show this week. If you enjoyed the show, give us a rating and review over at Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Today's show is brought to you by Mack Weldon. They have just an amazing design. They use premium fabrics. And I think best of all, when you go on their website, it's a very simple shopping experience. Mack Weldon underwear is definitely better than whatever you're wearing right now. In addition, they look good. They feel great. They're all crafted with natural fibers. They have a built-in performance capabilities. They work hard too. I'm a hard worker and I want my underwear to work hard too. They even have a line of silver underwear. They also have silver shirts that are naturally antimicrobial. That means they eliminate odor, so no more stinky pits. All that, and they're shipped right to your door. Here's the best part, I think. If you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. So here's what you do. Go to MacWeldon.com, get 20% off your purchase using the promo code JJ. That's two J's, very simple. It's not J-Y-J-Y, just two J's. Promo code JJ. Go to MacWeldon.com.